Just before we start, I want to remind you that you can find the PP6 podcast on Spotify, on Google, on Apple Podcast, and wherever good podcasts are found. You can also get in touch with the podcast on Twitter at podcastpp6 or search for PP6 podcast, and you can email us at pp6podcast at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Pod and Pick Six podcast, and welcome back after week six. Very exciting week. Our league, the divisions, have opened up massively after this week. Shaking things up this week. Really shaking things up. John, back here again with Ed. How you doing? Not too bad. Hello, everyone. Back in the Skull Alex again. Wonderful, but to be back here. On a Tuesday. On On a Tuesday again. It's almost like... The Pontypix Six podcast has got some consistency to it, which is, I know, off brand, but I, th- I think it's it's rebranding. Okay, re rebranding, re rebranding. We used to be Tuesday nights without fail, for sure, and then things happened. Yep, and you did one on a Friday night about midnight. Sure, <laughs> which was nice. I did a Thursday night with people who aren't you. Yep, this is in the past. We're back in the Skull Annex, back on a Tuesday evening. There is. Speed dating going on next door to the Skull Alex this evening. There is. Incredible. Yeah. An eclectic group of people. Real mixed bag. We debated whether it was some sort of people who aren't British but live in London coming Potential, together. yeah. But we couldn't work out the logic of that. No, there was one guy who came up to the window, looked in real close. This window is completely clear. You can very easily see uh, into, the, uh, into the room. There were people sat right the other side like, of the glass. Literally well. right the other side, because one of them opened the door for him. Yep, when he was like fingers up against the glass, yep. like peering for ages. Yeah, yeah, for a really like, long time. I think I feel he gave like, a little knock, knock as well. I feel like he's not going to do well. No. But he, he went and got himself a drink afterwards. And Immediately, and then <laughs> sat outside for a bit. Like, it, it, he seems... I don't want to question the guy's commitment, but he doesn't seem to be fully on board with this. No, and, and there's one guy who seems as though he thinks he's organised it, but I don't think he has. Yep. He yep. was barking orders at people, like, it's in here, yep. come on in. I think he got up to open the door for that guy. Yeah, I think he did. But various disappointed-looking women around. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> A lot of women questioning the decisions they've made. Oh, massively so. Well, one, one guy was clearly cream of the crop, though. Oh, yeah, beige blazer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Well, look, we're never going to know how that turns out, but what we do know how it turned out is the week six games in this league. We will come on to the game recaps. Really, I think it's not an overstatement to say it threw the league on its head this week. Did it? I'm going to back that up later. But, okay. first off, we get into the news. Test? Something about test? Test. Edge. Start as we always do with the injuries, and most of them are to the Browns. They are absolutely decimated. Baker Mayfield, partially torn shoulder, went out, came back on the weekend. So he dislocated his shoulder, not his throwing shoulder, but his other shoulder, as opposed to a third-choice shoulder, that he has hurt before this season, wants a weird brace, looked terrible, dislocated it. Back on. Back is still didn't think... Anyone else is a better option. Yeah. I mean, how many teams are going to have Mayfield as their number one quarterback? Not many in a one-quarterback league. But it Even does... in a two, you'd be, you'd be struggling if you've got Baker Mayfield as one of them. But it does call into question, to an extent, those people he's throwing to in the other skill positions around him 
Baker this week was one of three people on the Browns to go into the big blue tent on the side. Have a little smelling salt back out. Yeah. <laughs> well, back out was OBJ. That's our second one. Also a shoulder injury. Did he dislocate his shoulder? I don't think he did. Did he have some smelling salts? I'm assuming yes. Yeah. Went out, medical tent, came back into the game, monitored snaps is what we, we saw. But he looked all right before then. He, he had a good game. I would argue the first good game of the season for him before he went out. He's just been weird, hasn't he? He, he? he passes the eye test. You watch him and you think, he looks great. Yeah. But then he's got one shoulder Mayfield thrown to him. Yeah. And he's one of those players where... And, he, and he's only got one shoulder himself. This he? this week may be an anomaly, actually, weirdly, because he, he basically had a, few, a handful of catches in the first half. But you do look at him most weeks and you think he looks all right. And then you look at the fantasy points he's putting up and they don't really match what you're seeing on the screen. Yeah. And then he does this. He goes out with injury. He has no chemistry with Mayfield. Mayfield's injured. Like, how are we trusting OBJ at the moment? I don't think we are, really. There's an argument to say he's done in many ways. I feel There's... like he's certainly done if what you're expecting is anywhere near what he was at the Giants. Yeah, I, th- I think at the moment he's a bi-week filler yeah. or a desperation flex play. I think that's, that's right. What he is. I think that's right. Someone who certainly wasn't a bi-week filler or desperation flex play this week, Kareem Hunt. Oh, he's done. He really does look like he's done. Well, and we say this, I think it's the opinion of this podcast that he looks like he's done. Yeah. Because third Browns player in the medical tent this week did not return. They're saying it's a calf injury. But they're not being specific about what the calf injury is, which yeah. makes me wonder whether there is actually something really bad. Like, maybe a torn Achilles was one of the rumours that was going around. And if it is a torn Achilles, that's basically a season, it, maybe his career done. Yeah, the 26, 27. How many running backs come back from torn Achilles? Yeah. But and we're, we're putting two and two together to get five. For yeah. sure. And well, I, I personally would like to see Kareem Hunt back on the field. But what this does say for Nick Chubb owners is assuming he is back this week. Uh, it, he might be, he might not be. Yeah. If he's not, who? I mean, who's going to be there? you got you. You got various jokes. I mean, you got Felton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You picking up Felton? No, not even slightly. Is I mean, it? I wonder... If you're looking at Chubb being week to week and you're looking at Kareem Hunt being out for, I mean, again, speculation, but if he's out for the season, I think the Browns have got to go up and pick someone else up. Yeah, so if, if Chubb's out and Hunt's out, yeah. then they've got a choice of Johnson or Felton. Yeah. Or a mixture of the two. Sure. I don't know enough about either of them to comment on it, but I'm assuming they're neither near as good as Chubb or Hunt. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, because... Who is? Who is? <laughs> Realistically, in terms of viable running back pairings, because what we're not talking about is the Titans, the Panthers when C Mac is fit, the Vikes when Dalvin Cook is fit, who have that number one guy. There's a lot of committees knocking around. The Browns so far are sitting in this like niche yeah. of you've got two guys and both of them are viable fantasy prospects. Yeah, but both brilliant. Certainly the best running back pair in the league. Both now out injured for an undetermined amount of time. Yeah, maybe Chubb, Chubb's back this week. Maybe he's not. Maybe Hunt's out for six weeks. Maybe he's out for the season. Who knows? Yeah. Moving on, Latavius Murray, your boy. Ooh. I mean, your boy, historically. He'll always be my boy. Sure. One of three running backs to score a touchdown on the weekend. Yeah. and, and For the, the Ravens. And Tyson Williams wasn't one of them? Correct. Yeah. 
Probably the best one of the lot there. At the it moment. was Freeman, it was Murray, oh. and it was Le'Veon Bell. Oh, the old guard. Yeah. The old guard and weird running Bell. Yeah. Would you want to... No, okay. So, <laughs> no, no, you right, can't right, just right. make that statement. Do you want to talk about weird running Bell? So, there's something that doesn't sit well with me about the way Le'Veon Bell runs these days. Go on. Well, he sort of does like a weird like shoulder shuffle and his legs look to go really high. Yeah, big high legs. Shoulders yeah. moving all over the place. Yeah, and, and, and it, it dawned on me, it's because he's now slow. Yep. When he was quick, yep. you didn't notice. Yep. And he was just batting people off and people couldn't really get a hold of him and he was bursting through tackles. Sure, sure. Now it just looks insane. Yeah. Like some sort of demented camel. <laughs> like sort of like hobbling around. Yeah. And you've got defensive backs looking at it slowly move past them. Yeah. And going, oh, I'll just take that down. But his touchdown this week was, I mean, let's be honest, it was a bit of a, he had a gap that he went through. He had, honestly, one of the widest gaps I've ever yeah. seen in the NFL. But he seemed to take an age to get through it. Because he's very old and very slow. It was like that <laughs> bit, you know, the never-ending story where he's, he's trying <laughs> yeah. to go through that, like, that, that valley with, like, yeah. statues, burning his eyes out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. Yeah. He was like creeping through. Yeah. It's like a penitent man will pass. Yeah, That's yeah, what he yeah, was, yeah. like trying to get through that gap. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's fair to say that this podcast is not on board with Le'Veon Bell after one touchdown. But we like Le'Veon Bell. Oh, for sure. The guy's great, but not as a running back in your fantasy team. No, I mean, he, he's great purely for that police statement he did a couple of years ago, <laughs> which was... <laughs> I'm sure we spoke about it on podcast. Have, yeah. Let's leave it there. Murray, on the other hand, went out of the game with an ankle injury. I don't know if you've got Murray. I don't know if you've got Freeman, Tyson Williams, or well, Lev Bell. I feel like if you are relying on any one of them, bearing in mind that that team also has Lamar Jackson at the, at the yeah. helm. Bear in mind, this is a run-first team. With and, five runners. And no one wants any of the running backs. I just, I don't know about this. I, I can't, I certainly at week six can't tell you to pick up or stick with one of these guys. It still feels to me as if Tyson Williams is the one Should be have. the one, right? feels that way. But I don't think, I don't think I want any of them. I hope Tyson Williams breaks out towards the end of this season. In a classic John turnaround from what I was saying earlier <laughs> on this season. I wish him all the best for the, the, the back end of this season. I, I'd, I'd like to see the boy do good. Kadarius Tony. Oh dear, the madman. And if the Giants didn't have enough problems. Old Eagle Neck. They had Golladay, Danny Jones, Tony, and Barkley go down in week five. Of those four, Danny Jones was back and Tony was back. Yeah. And Shepard is now back as well. Seemingly. Yeah. A little bit tentative, I think. Oh, he's a tentative guy, though, isn't but he? But Tony went out again. Ankle injury. Yeah. So for all of you guys who picked up Kadarius Tony, be like, oh, I've got the only wide receiver on the Giants. Congratulations, you had the only wide receiver on this f***ing Giants team. Ten minutes. And then he's gone. Looks well, brilliant, though. Well done, guys. Look, I mean, he looks he looked explosive, but... He, he looks brilliant. So he, much so that he exploded. He looks dangerous. He doesn't anymore. No, well, he's dangerous to himself. Yeah. Another ankle injury, ruled out for the rest of the game. I don't think... We're expecting Tony back this week. I don't think they've said that it's a long-term thing, though. No, no, no. I think it's going to be a week-to-week one. Those of you who've kept Sterling Shepard, yeah, he probably goes back in your starting lineup unless you've got a bunch of better options. Definitely in a PPR league as well. He'll just be peppered. For sure. T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell on the Colts. I feel like certainly this season the Colts are a team we don't really talk about. For good reason. Yeah. But T.Y. Hilton... Debut game back in the league this season, though. Yep. 
went out with injury. Looked good, though. He looked all right. But he was playing Houston. He always looks good against Houston. Yeah. Went out with a quad injury, yet to be determined how long he's going to be out. I mean, if, if you're relied on T.Y. Hilton for any reason, you've got bigger problems. Yep. Ditto Zach Pascal. The, or Paris Campbell. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, you, if I can see why you might have Paris Campbell on your team. I would go as far as to say, if, you're, if your team is in any way hinging on the Colts wide receivers, you're in a bad time. Yeah, I think if, if you've got any Colts player other than Jonathan Taylor, you're in a bad shape. Yep. Went. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave that one there. Yeah. Big news for fans of IR. Bad news for fans of anyone who has these players. Russell Wilson on IR. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. The earliest Russell Wilson will be returning to the field of football is week 10. God, that mallet did a number on him. He is now out until week 10. Ooh. Contrary to what we said about Baker Mayfield, there are teams that definitely will have Russell Wilson as their number oh, one quarterback. No. 100%. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. That's almost as though the it's either a really arrogant move on the Seahawks' part that they're, they're saying, well, we're, we, we're, we're going to have a decent shot at the playoffs anyway, or they're just signing off for the season and saying, well, you know what, it is what it is now. I don't think – I think they're going to put their faith in Gino Smith, hope he does some stuff. They've, they've obviously yeah. got – I mean, I, I would say, you know, they're up there in one of the top teams in the NFL who's got the receivers – the options that will give a mediocre quarterback something to work with. Yeah, and I, but I suppose they've got Chris Carson's out as well. Yeah, and and I guess when you've got someone like Russell Wilson, personally, I would rather not risk him, especially with a finger injury in his throwing hand. It seems like a weird thing to risk. If yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. If you are a Russell Wilson owner and you're looking out there on the waivers for a replacement quarterback, there's going to be a ton out there. But who are you looking at? Sam Darnold, possibly, although he looked awful this week. Um, I think if Derek Carr's out there, you could do worse than that. Absolutely. Uh, Heineke? Maybe Taylor sure. Heineke. Actually, not to let a, not to let an unsung hero sit unsung. We thought, I mean, I thought when Fitzpatrick was there that the Washington team didn't have much to go with. They're not a great offense, but no, they're he, doing okay under Heineke. And Heineke, moreover, is doing okay fantasy points-wise. Yeah, absolutely, and and he's he's got weapons. He's got McLaurin. He's normally got Logan Thomas. Yep. He's got Ricky Seals Jones, who is seemingly a light Logan Thomas. Apparently, he's he's got McKissick. Yeah, he's got Antonio Gibson. So he's got people that he can throw to. Yeah, and and he, he's doing fine as as a a filler for two or three weeks. I think you can do a lot worse. Yeah, the the one I would avoid where whose name I've seen banded around for some reason, is Daniel Jones, who... Oh, my God. Frankly, looks awful. I don't know how he's getting any sort of buzz anyway. Just looks, looked absolutely terrible the weekend. Looks absolutely... I'd rather stick with Geno Smith. And yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, there's way better than Geno Smith you could pick up on the waivers, and I'd still rather put Geno Smith in than Danny Dimes. Oh, uh, absolutely. C-Mac, also gone to IR, having... Yeah. I think a lot of C-Mac owners will be really off with this because all the stories suggested he was nearly coming back this week. The, the, the most are not, and I've been burned by this, not as a C-Mac owner, but as a Schubert Hubbard owner, yep. in that the first game after his injury, they said, he's probably not going to play this game. Yep. But it wasn't certain. Yep. He missed it. Yep. They're like, he's probably back next week. And then I think it was on the Friday night, bang, on the IR, three yep. weeks out. Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. So, again, another three weeks out for Macca. Chubster Hubster, Coming in strong. Yeah, he'll be Decent fine. couple of scores in the game that he's played. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been solid. As a rookie running back, I mean, look, we've we've talked a lot about rookie running backs so far on this podcast, and Najee Harris seems to be emerging as the threat. 
there's a lot of others who aren't really doing a lot. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite strange this year, actually. There's you, you normally expect there to be two or three who are bursting well, through, and it's is Chubbing Hubbing the second one of those. <laughs> I don't, I through. don't, I don't think so. Right. He'll go absolutely berserk. Yeah, maybe, maybe. The, the one I'm more annoyed about is that for some reason DJ Moore seems to have taken a slump since C Max been out. Yep, I thought it'd be the other way around, but yeah, no, I don't know. Last bit of injury news: Juju Smith-Schuster, the old Juju Schmushu, still out. He's very out. Right, okay, in that he's out for the rest of the season. <laughs> I think that is what the reporting services are telling us after an MRI. He's got a shoulder injury that will land him on IR, likely to miss the rest of the season. You say an MRI? Dak. Dak's out. Dak in an MRI. Oh, don't don't for a second think that passed (laughs) me by. The MRI machine. Couldn't help himself, could he? On a bye week. Let's get an MRI. Little calf tweak. Just last play of the thing. Walked off with it. Smiling ear to ear after the win. He was beaming. (laughs) Because the limp got worse as he was walking off as well. And I know why he was beaming. Because he won an overtime game and he knew there was an MRI in his near future. I was about to say, he was like, oh, I've tweaked something. And then the smile grew as he knew. Oh, here we go. Into that that machine tunnel. (laughs) Loves it. He's an animal. That's our injury news. The only other thing I'll pick up in the news is, look, we had the privilege to be back. I say we, I had the privilege to be back <laughs> at the London Stadium this week, just gone, to watch the Dolphins-Jags game. Great game. Two pretty shonky teams, but... It was entertaining. For very me. entertaining. I watched them come from my own home. But I'll tell you what was also entertaining, and I want to refute some of the reporting that's been on some American podcasts yeah. about this, there was some throwing of beer cups in the game. And, and some of the American podcasts jumped on this as, oh, people were throwing cups on the pitch to because they were unhappy that it was two bad teams coming in. No, there is a tried and tested tradition in the UK. I think it started in cricket. Yeah. It is the beer snake. It is putting a bunch of empty pint glasses, one on top of the other, and making as tall a tower as you can, wobbles around like a snake, pass it around. Brilliant. There was some very intrepid people at the game on the weekend who made an insanely tall beer snake and then shouted down to the higher tiers to throw them cups to add to the snake, to feed the snake. Shout up to the That's what I said. <laughs> do you want to do it again? I'm, no, I don't. <laughs> that is what was happening. There were huge amounts of cups raining down, but they were raining down on these guys for a positive cause. And you were by these guys? We were pretty close, yeah. It was unbelievable. Security came along, everyone booed. They took some of the cups away. Some more cups appeared as if by magic. It was a wonderful sight to behold. It it certainly was not aimed at the players or the game. It wasn't a protest. Not at all. And hey, America. The people of America. And you know what? I'm going to count GM Holt in that as well. I think you should. Although he said nothing about this at all. I should make that clear. He's thought about it, though. But I'm going to quick you into this. Those of you in America, check your own house before you come and throw stones at ours. Here we go. Because there was what was described as a full-on brawl at the Vikings-Panthers game. Apparently a Panthers fan waited outside the seating area for a Vikings fan. I've seen the video footage of it. I wouldn't describe it as a brawl. I'd describe it as two guys not throwing punches at each other for two minutes. Then a security card takes one of them down, and then another rando punches the other guy in the head. Brilliant. But sort that shit out before you come and attack our beer snakes for being some sort of protest. There you go. That's the news, mate. That's a statement. Test? Something about test? Test? Test?
Edge. So that's news, and really excited for the return of this. Our segment this week, hotly anticipated off the back of last year's success, we are bringing back and Gio Warren Senior. I'm going to give you a shout out. This one's for you. Oh, he loves it. We are bringing back hot takes. Hot takes. So the natural pause there, waiting for it. It'll be there. Don't you worry. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Ed and I have come to this with statements about the remainder of the season that we think are potentially controversial, potentially unlikely to happen, but that we think will come to fruition by the end. Yes, and we we should emphasise that these are hot takes. Hot takes. Yeah, they are things that are unlikely to come to fruition. Yep. But we're going to we're going to chance our own. Yeah. Absolutely, and see how many of them by the end of the season come true. So, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Go on. Derrick Henry will not finish as a top five running back. You're insane. Oregon's going to get injured. Injured? That's what, injured. hold on, that's what we're going on on this. You're saying that the take is Derrick Henry will get injured at some point this season. That he might get injured. That he might get injured, yeah. and therefore might not end as an as a RB1. Yeah, uh, top top five. Top five. Top five. Get out of here with this nonsense. I'm not having not that. Not hot enough? I'm not having that. As Warm? Not a take, I would say. <laughs> not takes. I'm not going to lie, that throws into disarray all of my hot takes. All right, well, uh, while you recompose yourself, I will go with my one So first. I, can't, I can't have Devontae Adams won't finish as a top five wide receiver because oh. he might get injured. No, you cannot. <laughs> Okay. Did you have any others? Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey yeah, might no, not, I'm not be. I'm not having might get injured. I had just something about Justin Tucker. Was it that you might get injured? Yeah. No. Get out of here <laughs> with you might get injured. I'm not taking it. I will do the first hot take. Okay. Hot takes. Matty Staffs will finish as a top five quarterback from a fantasy point of view. Ooh. Here that, we go. That's, that's pretty spicy. Where, where is he at the moment? I think he's about eighth. Okay. He has got a lot of weapons there, and he, he is looking in good form. He certainly does have those weapons, and here's why I'm saying this. All right, you might think eighth is not that far outside the top five, so maybe is this really a hot take? What I'm saying is you look at the competition he's up against. Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert. Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. That litany of people I just said is a good enough competition, but... There are only three quarterbacks who have thrown more yards so far this season. Is that Brady and Mahomes? And Derek Carr. Right, okay. Really. Only Mahomes, Brady and Dak have thrown more touchdowns than Matty Staff so far this season. He's got a decent run of fixtures. There are a number of teams in the Rams' future who let a lot of passing yards through. I mean, they've got the Lions this week, which was certainly that's going to be... the top ten yeah. in itself. Cooper Cup has proved himself to be unbelievable. He's the most targeted player in the NFL, which I know just says that Staffs is going to him. The Breakfast Club? I think Matthew Stafford has found his place now. I think it was great for him to get away from the Lions, even though I'm a Lions fan. I think he will be a top five quarterback at the end of this season. I'll be honest, I'm inclined to agree with you. The, the one thing that the one thing that makes this a hot take, hot take, hot take. is that he doesn't run. So he hasn't got that solid base of running 50, 60 yards a week. And so if you look at the people who are ahead of him at the moment, Lamar Jackson's got nearly 400 rushing yards. 
Kyler Murray's got over 100. Josh Allen has 200. Pat Mahomes nearly has 200. I mean, bloody Jalen Hurts has 300 rushing yards oh, so far this season. Let's not get started on Jalen Hurts. But I don't think that's going to matter. I think Staffs can back up with his arm what any of those guys can do with their rub. Yep, and he very rarely misses a game through injury. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he played through a broken back, didn't he, once for the Lions? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's my first one. It's a good hot take. Hot takes. Moving on. Okay, here's one. No books wide receiver will finish in the top 12. Okay. But all of them will finish in the top 24. Okay. Four. And by all of them, I mean Godwin, Brown, Evans. Evans. Yeah, I don't mean, I don't I forget the guy's name. Some Jeff. Yeah, whoever, that, whoever, yeah, yeah. whoever that guy who was a thing for one week. I'm not saying everyone on the Oh, Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, got, I got it from the description, whoever that one guy who was, was a thing for one week. Yeah, Scotty Miller. I, I'm not getting Scott Miller in this. So this is one for the maths heads out there. Where are they all at the minute? So at the moment, I believe Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are just outside the top 12 as it is. Yep. So they're about where I expect them to finish. So I think Mike Evans is 13th, Antonio Brown is 15th. Yep. And then Godwin is 22nd, so he's down the bottom. Okay. So at the moment, they're there. So that makes it not a particular hot take. Yep. Not take. But you've got to assume... In ordinary course of things, there's going to be injuries. There's going to you normally expect one to be the prominent wide receiver. I was just going to say, I think the hotness of this comes from the fact that what you're saying is that none of Godwin's Brown or Evans will break into the top twelve. Yeah, I, I don't think any one of them will suddenly be the main go-to person that will be getting the majority of the targets or even the majority of the red zone work. I think it will yeah. continue to be a full-on mix. And at the moment, it is that. It's not as though Evans is getting all the red zone stuff, Antonio Brown getting all the deep stuff, Godwin yeah. getting the slot things. There is a bit There is a bit of that correlation, but they're all sort of moving all over the place everywhere. And let me say this as well. It's Brady, right? He likes pinging it around to different people. Yeah. He evidently can. Historically, he did that at the Patriots, but historically, the Patriots, he also went to his man, Rob Gronkowski, who is also there at the Bucks. Yep. And, so, a, and Gronk will take a lot of the red zone work still, yep. so that immediately cuts down the points a little bit. Yep. But this isn't. I'm not saying all these three are going to have a, are going to be a bust. I'm saying no. all three of these are You're basically are saying all three of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers are a WR two for the rest of the season. Yeah, solid. Put them in your lineup, but they're never going to break out. Absolutely, I, I think you are absolutely fine running with any one of the three week yep. in week out. But if any of any of those three are your number one wide receiver. Then you're in trouble. Maybe you're in trouble. I and like I, that. And I think of, of all of those, the, the one that I wish I'd picked up out of all of them, if I had the choice, was Antonio Brown, Brown. because he went later in the draft. Godwin's probably the worst one to have picked up because he I went early. early. Yeah, yeah. All right, interesting. But I, I think they're all fine, and I, I can see them all finishing broadly where they are now. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, look, moving on, and the next two of my takes, I think both are pretty hot. Do you want to run it back one, or do you want a defence one? Let's have a defence one. Right. This is, I think, the hottest of mine. So I'm going to say... Do you want to save the hottest one for last? Oh, yeah, go on then. Oh, I'll yeah. do the running back one. Lenny Fournette. Oh. Fawnsy, as I call him. I think he will finish with an average of 12 points or less per game for the rest of the season. Okay. So you're saying in the... Remaining games. In the remaining 10 games, because I don't think they've had a bye yet, yep. he's going to get less than 120 points. I'm saying he's going to average out at less, at 12 points or less per game. Ooh. Now, look, I don't know how hot that is. At the moment, 
He's averaging around about 16 or 17 points a game. It's a tough one. But that's based on two very big scores recently. But he's looked fairly consistent over the past three or four weeks, hasn't he? Here's what I'll say immediately against my take. He is clearly coming out as the go-to man at Tampa. For now, I think that's what makes this a real hot take. Okay. Hot take. Because Tampa, certainly last season, there were times where it looked like Ron John was the main guy. Ron John is gone. Is he, though? I don't like the future for Ron John at, at Tampa. There were times last year where everyone thought Fournette's done, and then he was he was learning playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could it be Ron John playoffs? Well, I think it's the... Yeah, maybe it's the other way around. Look, all I'm saying is there's a lot of hype around Fournette after the last two games. I don't think it's going to keep up. And I think I, it's for I, the I, reasons... I, I agree. I think, it, I think it is a hot take, and I think flow, I think it fits in nicely with the wide receiver one, because yeah. why would they throw to Leonard Fournette? But they seemingly are. Well, they're going to him, certainly. Gio Bernard's getting a little bit of work now and again. I don't know. I think a lot of people will buy big on Fournette this week, and I think a lot of those people will get burned. Would you buy in on Fournette this week? No, I don't think I would. Who would you trade for Fournette this week? Dawson Knox? Nice. <laughs> Zach Ertz. <laughs> maybe, maybe. There's potentially more to talk about <laughs> on that in the future. Okay, what's your next one? Okay, so I think an undrafted, and by undrafted, I mean undrafted in our league, an undrafted tight end will finish as a top five tight end. Oh, okay. So, who are we talking here? So if if you're looking at the moment as it stands, you've got the usual suspects up there. Travis Kelsey, number one. Darren Waller's in there. I think he's fourth at the moment. Mark Andrews is up there. But you've got Schultz and Knox yep. as three and five. Yep. Now, on that basis, you'd say, well, that's surely not that hot. That's a cool take. You've got two already in there. Cool take. But you've got Hawkinson, Fant, Gesicki, Hunter Henry, Kyle Pitt, Gronk, Higby. Yep. All sniffing around on the outskirts. Dallas Goddard with Nozakers competition as well. I think he's currently 15th. Yep. But the, the point difference between 5th and down, I mean, you can go all the way down to 25th here. There's only about 30 points, which realistically is if you have a tight end who scores, which we've seen them do before, Robert Tunyon, suddenly they can get five touchdowns in three game weeks. They fly up there. I think there's a good chance that one of these random guys who no one had ever heard of at the start of the season or had any interest in picking up whatsoever finishes in the top five. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's unrealistic. I think it. what we're saying essentially here is that those tried and tested guys you did pick up aren't going to turn their season around. And actually, I'm kind of surprised how low Gronk is. I know he's been out with injury. Yes, yeah, so he's 11th at the moment. He is still, at this point the highest scoring points per game tight end in the league. He is, yeah. So he might work his way back up to there as the season ekes on. But I think, I mean, I think I'm kind of with you on this. I think one of Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, uh, yeah, could easily end up up there with with the volatility of the tight end position in terms of scoring. Completely. And and I know Mike Gesicki was drafted in our league. He wouldn't have been drafted in every league. He looked brilliant on the weekend. He he looks great. And he's there in eighth at the moment. Hunter Henry was definitely undrafted in most leagues. He's only, what, 10 points off the the top five at the moment. But the the main ones at the moment, Schultz, Knox, they wouldn't have been drafted. Jared Cook, I mean, a lot of these guys are touchdown dependent. But But that's the tight end. That's the tight end position. Yeah. And you never know. And I think this just goes to show that 
un- unless you strike gold or take one of the very big names and they don't get injured, yep. you might as well stream a tight end. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 wait, and, until you, you, wait until you find one that sticks. And you can hope for someone like Dalton Schultz coming out because at the moment he is the fourth highest scoring tight end in terms of points per game over the season. And Dak is looking to him on every single play. Like, I know CeeDee Lamb, I know Wilson had some, some plays this week, but Dalton Schultz is always in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And you even look at people like, I, I'm going to say, either drafted very low down unfashionably or not drafted at all, and people thought maybe they had their chance in the past couple of years or they were past it. So you look at your Tyler Higby, your Zach Ertz, your Unjoku. Yeah. They're all there or thereabouts. And Logan Thomas had a few good game weeks. I mean, even Blake Jarwin is, I mean, he's in the team with Schultz and Blake Jarwin has put up a, a decent overall score. I think he's averaging about five or six points a week, yep. which that, that only takes a, a couple of touchdowns to turn in every now and again. And suddenly they're all in with a shout. So the more I talk about them, one thing it's not that much of a hot take. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's stick with it for now. All right, coming on to my last one for players, at least. This, I think, is the hottest one. The hottest one. The Dallas Cowboys defense will end the season with more touchdowns than the combined Steelers wide receiver core. That's a real hot take, right? Hot take. Hot take. That is a, 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 what, what's the what's the stats at the moment? The Steelers must have scored more touchdowns by one. By one, right? Wow. The Cowboys currently have three defensive touchdowns: one off a of fumble recovery, two off interceptions. So you think the Dallas Cowboys defense will get more touchdowns than Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? And Chase Claypool. I mean, it would have been Smith Schuster, but he's out. Well, but, but that goes in your favour. But let's so. say James Washington, you know, Ray Ray McLeod, if he ever becomes a thing. I, I mean, now he, and here's the caveat to my hot take: I'm not counting G. Harris. In this, I don't think you can. I'm also not counting Pat Frymer, who well, okay. has a touchdown on the season so far at tight end. I'm just saying the wide receivers. And what I'm really saying is, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are going to get injured. Combined, no. I don't think they will. I just think this wide receiver core at the Steelers, and in particular Ben Roethlisberger as a throwing quarterback, is not good enough this season Cowboys have looked decent on the defence in terms of explosive plays. They've yeah. got a bunch of corners who can do stuff. I'm saying Cowboys outscore Claypool and Johnson for the rest of the season on touchdowns. I mean, I personally, if they, if they stay fit, I personally don't see it happening. Sure. But it's a hard take. That's what it's there for. I think a lot of balls goes into G. Harris. I think a lot of balls goes into Frymer on uh, the short plays because Ben is fast learning. A, he can't throw it long. And B... He can't hold on to it for too long, otherwise he falls over like a very slow tree. Yep, or gets knocked over like a very yep. fast tree. He's yep. been hit by a 250-pound bloke. Either way, he's a tree, and you don't want a tree at quarterback. With rotting roots. Yep. Some sort of horrible disease. There you go, that's my hot take. Hot takes. I like it. All right, what's your last one? A number of pre-draft wide receiver twos are going to finish above their respective wide receiver ones. Okay. They're going to finish higher than... Their teammates who are drafted well above them in the league. Yeah, this is this is the kind of hot take that people who drafted these players, the WR ones, will hate. Uh, and I can't. Wait. The first one is entirely on me. Yep. Darnell Mooney will finish higher than Alan Robinson. Yep. Mike Williams will finish higher than Keenan Allen, sure. which is, is looking fairly safe at the moment. Debo Samuel ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Yep. Jamar Chase ahead of T Higgins. Yep. 
Well, I've, I've scribbled down here, Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy, but it seems like a cheap shot since Jerry Judy's been injured. Yeah. But Cortland Sutton's not the fittest of guys. No. Okay. But this is all of them. I have they two. So that's my first question is, none of those in and of themselves necessarily feel like a hot take, but what you're doing is the accumulator here. Yeah. What you're doing they're is all, they've all gone none up. of those WR1s are going to come back and, and retake the position so at the end it. of the season. And I'll be perfectly honest that looking at them as a group, yeah. I, I don't think it's an impossibility that Robinson won't become the main target for Justin Fields again ahead of Darnell yeah. Mooney. Yeah. Darnell Mooney's had, what, two weeks of, yeah. of, of being the main guy there? Yeah. I don't think it's impossible that Keenan Allen will overtake Mike Williams again. Yeah. Again, Mike Williams is not the the most robust of individuals. He yeah. kind of throws himself... Other, in fact, I think he picked up an injury this week. Yeah. And I think Keenan Allen outscored him this week. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk, towards the end of last season, was clearly the main guy there. He was the... He, everything was going to become him. Yeah. I think he was getting loads of Wildcat stuff and taking carries out the backfield as For well. Sure. Evidently, something's gone a little bit awry with Ayuk at this 49ers team, but... Jamar Chase finishing out of T. Higgins is probably the safest of the lot here, I think. Yeah, and that's interesting because you wouldn't have necessarily thought that going into it. But what I will ask you is, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, not on there, because I think in our league, as we looked up earlier, yeah. CeeDee Lamb actually went ahead of Amari Cooper. The, the Two spots earlier. I think CeeDee Lamb went at 33. They'd have been taken much of a muchness. Yeah, I, th- I think they were. I think it tended to be they went a couple of picks either way. But on a similar theme, I think, C.D. Lamb is going to finish way ahead of Amari Cooper this season. I, I think he will do. Absolutely. So we're saying Mooney, Chase, Debo, Williams, Sun. Lovely. Love it. Love it. All right. Final, very quickly, before we get on to the game recap. Have you got a hot take for the league? Well, let me do mine first. I'm going to say that none of the former champions will make the playoffs. Ooh. So that is GM Holt. Yep. GM Goose. Yep. Yourself. Correct. And GM Trav. And the Floating Heads. So, where we sit at the moment, I'm three and three and third in the division. Uh, Floating Heads are two and four at the bottom of theirs. Goose is gone at the bottom of theirs. That one we'll come on to because it's a spicy Ooh. one. I think what makes this a hot take is the Expat Panthers are still currently sitting at five and one at the top of the division. Yep. Where's but, the, how's the rest of their division look there now? I mean, it's four and two and a three and three. Ooh. And they put up a 90 burger this week. A lot can happen between now and the end of the season, but I'm going to put out the take now. None of the former champions will make the playoffs. That's bold. That's really bold. I mean, it doesn't pay off for me if it's true <laughs> at the end of the season. But I like putting out a hot take right now that, that, you know, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Give them something to aim for. Yeah. Hot takes. Go on for the league? Here's, here's one. Yeah. Swines are going to lift that Ponder Pick 6 trophy. All right. That's the hottest take of the night. I mean... Also on a two and four record at the bottom of the division from, so from far. From zero and four, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, from zero and four, we're, we're going to lift that trophy. Does, you, does it feel like your year? No, that's why it's a hot take. <laughs> that's why it's a scalding hot. It's liquid. It's a liquid take. It's a it's a hot liquid take. Magma take. All right, the burn's worse, harder to treat. No one knows how to treat it. It's a mystery to science. Wonderful. On to the game recap. Kamish predicted it, but I guess it's going to have to be a quick one because this has gone on for a while. <laughs> Starting, as we always do, with the highest winning team of the week. And my Unbelievable. God. Oh. Story of the week. The 5-0 Expat Panthers hosting the 0-5 Gooses Gobblers at the Immigration Office. The Gobblers waddled in. 
hundred point difference. Unbelievable. Between these two teams. The Panthers go out of this five and one with a ninety score against the Gobblers, finally getting their first win of the season with a hundred and ninety points. And look, this is the team I thought this Gobblers team was going to be at the start of the season. I was about to say that this was them firing on all cylinders. It was the players that we thought were going to be big being big. Yep. Expat Panthers, green card revoked. Yep. Get out. Yep. Yeah. And with Tonyan on the bench, Dan Arnold didn't set the world on fire, but the rest of that team just well, it, went bananas. It, 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 it was great. It was it was high twenties across the board for. Yep. I mean, I mean, CD Lamb. Obviously, we got to pick him out. Put up thirty-seven. Yeah, Taylor and Harris coming into their own at the running back pair. Yeah, I mean, he he made it really. It was it was the quarterback is is running back pair doing what we thought they'd do. Yeah, and CD Lamb doing what we, we thought he'd do. Hey, is this a resurgence for the Gobblers? I think it is. Can they come back? It's a big ass to come back. It's a long old deficit. If anyone can do it, it's the Gobblers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at this Panthers team. Cause for concern. I think so. I think he'll be very worried after this week. So the actual score was 96 points. Look, this was a duff week for Jackson. Gibson was injured. Mike Williams had the first duff score of his whole season. You say it's a duff week. I know I just had a pop at Claypool. There's not much on the bench to write home about. Cole no. Beasley might be an option, but the rest of them are filler. I, I think the thing that will really worry him is that David Montgomery's on IR. Yeah. Who is... Him and Gibson are pretty similar in the points they put week in, week out. Yeah. So if he's got Gibson missing with his shin injury for a while and Montgomery's out for the next few weeks as it is, his running backs, he's then he's got Khalil Herbert, who only play who only got the majority of the work because Damian Williams was on COVID list. Yeah. He's look, he's relying on Jackson, on Kelsey and on a rejuvenated wide receiver performance next week from Shepard, from Williams, from Claypool. Maybe from Beasley. He could be in for a couple of lean weeks. Maybe. Maybe. All right, moving on. Next highest winner this week, Glockinators. 177 against Quinn's 132. 132's a respectable score from the Quinn. Yep, I think he'll feel unlucky here. He uh, he bounced back with a good score after uh, uh, he, he's had a couple of lean weeks. Yep. And uh, he's unlucky that he's come across a team that, again, were firing on all cylinders this week. Outside the Bills' defence, every single player on that Glockinators team put up. Over 10 points. I mean, all but one put up over 15. Yeah, they, they were consistency across the board. And the one that put up 10 was Devontae Booker, which is a speculative ad on the week that he's in. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he'll be upset with 10 from Booker. No, very solid win for Lockinators, and it puts them flying high at the top of that division. Yeah, uh, and I don't think he's got anything to be concerned about at all in this team. I think this is the sorts of scores that we were expecting him to be putting up I mean, he's been a bit hit and miss so far this season. Yeah, he has been. I, maybe I, this is the maybe this is the balancing out. Maybe this is where this team comes out. Yep, and um, he, he's got players. So Josh Jacobs is obviously coming back from injury. Yeah, Stefan Diggs is starting to find his feet a little bit after a couple of iffy weeks. Yep, Mark Andrews as well is coming into form. Yeah, I mean, that's solid. Antonio Brown's of course back after being on COVID yeah. reserve. It's a scary uh, team. Scary team. How about this Quinn team? I, I like this Quinn team. He, he's obviously benefited from Darwin Cook being back from injury and firing all cylinders. What what really let him down this week was Mike Evans. Yep. And this sort of falls into what we said earlier that it, it wasn't a Mike Evans week for Tampa Bay. Nope. It was a well, it was Antonio Brown week as we yeah. saw on the opposite yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And and Keenan Allen again, as we said, playing second fiddle to Mike Williams, but maybe not for the whole rest of the season? No, and the Chargers had a really bad week, didn't they? They were yeah. awful, weren't they, yeah, against yeah. the Ravens, which is a bit of a blip, I think, for them. I see he's picked up Nelson Aguilar. 
Has he? Yeah. Ooh. Got him a solid three points on the, on the I, I, flex. I imagine Nelson Aguilar will be heading back, back onto the waivers. Yeah. <laughs> Next highest win, but this best. 167 over the floating head doctors, 145. I think we've come out of a, a few weeks where there's been some very close games. I would say most of the games this week have been quite far apart. This is one of the closest. Yes. There's one closer. But I'm 167 to 145 is a comfortable win for the Butlers. What did it for them? Well, Derrick Henry. Again. I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I, I, I this is in Butler's defence here. Yep. I, I, I stand by it. I don't think they are a one-man team. I think they are a one-man-per-week team. Yep. And that one-man changes. It's not always Derrick Henry. Yep. It, he's had some big games from various people. Uh, Henderson's put up some big games. Darren Wallace put up some big games. I think he's due some big games in due course from Javante Williams. Yeah. Uh, but again, looking at it, you, you you take out Derrick Henry's score and he still wouldn't have been far off winning this game without Derrick Henry. Now, there's two things I want to point out in this Butler team. One is Jalen Hurts, who I think, and we've talked about this, I think, off there. Yeah. He, his he's, fantasy points don't reflect how absolutely shit he looks on the field. He, he's awful. Yeah, he, he, he's he's the he's the definition of the fantasy football cheat code at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's one hundred and fifteen passing yards and a passing touchdown. I mean, it's handful of running yards. I guess he got the running touchdown again to get the score. Well, that's what that's what he does every week. But he threw it? an interception. I mean, he just looks bad as a quarterback. It's 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 every week he's terrible and he gets two rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter when the game's gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I'll point out about this Butler's team is he's got absolutely zero points on the bench. Like, literally, zero, 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 zero. That's and I know that's buys, and there's a couple of injuries there. He'll be looking for Calvin Ridley to finally come back into the game. But, slightly worrying. <laughs> that's Butler's. Yeah. Flies by the seat of his pants, doesn't he? Certainly does. This Floating Heads team moved to two and four, as we say, at the bottom of the division. It's, I mean, I, I think it's, again, it's another one where... His score is by no means the lowest in the league. No, it's it's probably pretty it's pretty much bang average in the league this week. It's he's a, unlucky that he's faced a team that scored more. It, it's a good score that comes from over twenty points from five different players. Yep, thirty-five of those from Cooper Cup. We said is having an outstanding season. I think there's only one thing I really want to say about this team, and it's: Are we done with Miles Gaskin? I, I personally am. I think the the Tampa Bay score he got last week was a blip. Yep. Where they really honed in on him in the in the receiving work, yeah, and I think people thought that they might try and carry that on through to this game, yeah. But I think the bottom line is that was desperate times against Tampa Bay that they did that, yeah. I I, I think Gaskin's done, and I think that's his only worry here that unless Mitchell comes back and is a thing for the Forty ers where's the running back points come from? I don't I don't know. Having seen Gaskin at the stadium on the weekend, I can tell you, it was, there was basically nothing happening. This Dolphins team seemed to have other irons in the fire, but it was just bad. I mean, just looking back through his scores, he's done very little all season until the Tampa Bay game. I think that's a concern for him, but yep. he's got he's got his, his wide receiver core is unbelievable with Hopkins, Cup, McLaurin. Yeah, yeah, and he's still got Aaron Jones, of course. Well, he's beast. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so maybe more of these one four fives to come from the flowing heads. I maybe so. not necessarily the higher scores. So that probably averages out over the year, but he's got a deficit to build up now. He has. He's one of the two and four teams now. Coming on to the next highest win this week. Oh, okay. Uh, Commissioner's Chiefs, one five six against the Honolulu Horn Dogs, 99. Oh, not even breaking the 100 mark. First sub-100 score for the Horn Dogs. Chiefs continue to be the only team to put up 130 plus a week. 
yeah, as he described it to me on the weekend, the only team to still put up a good score every week. A good score. Okay. That's what he said. Well. Uh, at the same time, constantly telling me that he was going to lose this game. A game that he won by nearly 60 points. Arrogant. Right? Now, what I will say is it was hot dog time. And by hot dog time, I mean we nicknamed Mike Kaziki the hot dog. And he went crazy. <laughs> yep, really good score for Kaziki. Honestly, watching him at the stadium on the weekend, it's hard to see why anyone slept on this guy. He was everywhere. And by everywhere... I mean, he was also off the field for about half the snaps. It seemed like he took a break uh, every other play. It seems really strange that he got zero for the first week. Nuts, but he's he's a big guy. He gets around the field. He looks like one of the best options for these Dolphins. He played very well. I, I like the fact that he appeals to the referees a lot as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah no yeah. one else really does that. It's, uh, How do you feel about Chubla Hubla on the Beavers? Uh, it, it, it was a solid 13. It wasn't anything to write home about. But if McCaffrey's on IR... Arguably he, he, one of the rookies to have kept. If well, McCaffrey is a like IR, so yeah. he's, he's got he's got Hubbard for another couple of weeks yet. But I wonder I, if Hubbard's going to do him a solid job over the next few I, weeks. I think he will do a solid job. He'll be he'll be putting up ten to twenty points, depending on Fine. whether my hot take comes through. Maybe Lenny's going to do some some work for the the commissioner's chiefs as well. He certainly did this week. Yeah, Kyler Murray obviously sensational. Kyler Murray, and by the way, let's not get this out of proportion. Kyler Murray put up a 25-point score in a week where he dropped about six balls. Four fumbles. Yeah. Unbelievable. But it could have been more given that a number of the snaps came up early or short and they bounced off his hands, not counted as a fumble. I mean, it helps when he makes four touchdowns and runs for however many hundred yards or whatever he did. obviously a sensational shout. Well, look, this Commissioner's Chiefs team put up a very, very solid score this week. I stand by, I think they're a dangerous team. I, I, I know the tug-in-cheek comment earlier, but they are putting up good scores week oh, in, week out. Uh, absolutely. They are they are a really dangerous team, and it's uh, we can only pray that they, they stop. I think in the second most competitive division in the league. Yeah, comfortably second. They are probably going to find themselves in the playoffs for the first time in the franchise's history. He'll do something. Maybe. I don't see it happening yet. Moving on to the most competitive division in the league at the moment, Horndogs did not need a sub-100 score. This was bad. I left a lot of points on the bench, but it wouldn't have won me the game. No, th- th- this was really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, I, I, I'm struggling looking through to see a shining light here for you. Not one player outside the quarterback hit 20. No. I mean, do we do we want to say that Brandon Cooks is seventeen when they only scored three, when Houston only scored three points is a silver lining? It's a plus, but it's a grey lining. It's a grey. It's a very grey lining. Devontae Adams, a rare but meaningful bad performance. But your your on paper strong wide receivers did very little between them. Suddenly, your Marquise Browns, your Mari Coopers looking like the the risky bets that they actually yeah. are. But even the guys on the bench, yeah, I, I know there's points there, but there's nothing to write home about. There's nothing no. you can say, oh, well, that guy's definitely in next week, other and, than McKissick. And with an injured Saquon, pick it up on the McKissick point, with an injured Saquon who himself wasn't consistent, Chase Edmonds and Zach Moss getting oh. round about 13 points between them. Makes me sick that that's your Horrible to see. Makes me sick. I am... I mean, we'll come on to it in a second. I'm up against an embattled Jiglets this week. I think it's lucky for you. I think it is lucky for me. And I still don't guarantee that I'm going to get the, the win. Without Barkley, yeah. this this team looks on the rocks. And that's the hope, is that it won't be without Barkley. 
Yeah, as, as soon as if Barkley comes back to be the Barkley that you expect him to be, yeah. you've got to hope that one of your wide receivers steps up each week, yeah. whether, whether it be Adams, Adams or Brown or Cooper. Yeah. One, one of them should be putting up a good score. And I think to see what comes out in Baltimore between Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman in a game where they're not relying so heavily on the run. Yeah, you'd hope be one of them All right, penultimate game this week. Here we go. Kings win for Twines, 1-5-3. Against, and we just mentioned the Javonski Jiglets 93. Shows what a high scoring game week it is this. I, I thought this was a really high score, and it's the. I mean, it wouldn't have been a lot higher, of them, but so sixth highest. It certainly beat these Jiglets. What do you want to say about your team first? Uh, I, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I thought it was just a fairly solid performance across the board. Um, yeah. Again, it, it makes life a lot easier when the Jiglets were absolutely awful this week, just injury ravaged. For sure, but what you have done is pulled out a second win of the season, having gone 0 and 4 in a week where you've got four buys. Yes, and one of them, one of them being Kyle Pitts, who's obviously my main tight end. He's yep. the, he's the guy who's going to be playing week in week out. Yeah, the, the others not necessarily starters every week, but I, I, th- I thought it was just fairly solid across the board. Um, quite uh, happy to see Jalen Waddle have a proper breakout. At had last. a really good game in London. DK Metcalf and DJ Moore were having a slow day for each of them, yeah, still they, putting they up did. 11 and 10. And, and just uh, Daryl Williams was a, Lovely a, a nice, nice pickup scene, seeing that he, if, if he can continue doing, even if he does what Clyde Edwards Alaire did, yep. while Clyde Edwards Alaire's out, I'm happy. If he does a bit more and keeps Clyde Edwards Alaire to a bit part role, brilliant. Yep. But I, I can't personally see that happening. But yeah, it, it's fine. What we said about this Jiglets team, 30 points oh. from Thielen, almost no points from anyone else, and a bench that is still injured Gronk, injured Thomas, injured McCaffrey, injured Carson. I mean, it, it's it's incredibly lean times for him, isn't it? And, the, the, and, now, and now injured Kareem Hunt. And I think... And, and Kadarius Tony. I think breaking news, as we're doing this podcast... <laughs> Please disregard the news at the start about Kareem Hunt. He's just been placed on IR. Oof. Four to six week return. They're still calling it a calf injury. I mean, he, but he, he might have to drop him at this point. Of the at season. that point, we're we're talking about week ten to twelve that Kareem Hunt is coming back. I mean, wow! You, you look at this team. He could potentially be going into this week without Kareem Hunt, without Alexander Madison, on the basis that he's useless when Cooks there. Without Tony, without Julio Jones, who's an injury concern as well this week, he he hobbled off at one point. If um if GM Arnett or anyone else there wants a really speculative waiver ad, apparently the Browns have pulled a guy called John Kelly off their practice squad at running back. I'm not adding it, right? I, I might. You might. <laughs> Tough times for the Jiglets. Might have to take some L's. Hopefully some players coming back into the squad later in the season that will yeah. keep him afloat. He had a solid 4-0 start, though. Let's not forget that. So for he's, sure. He's, he's, got, he's, got, he's got time got on his side. Range. Yeah. Moving on to the last win of the week, and this is the Beige City Weed Whackers against the Hungry Hungry Epigriffs, and a win for the Weed Whackers, 137 to 127. Little big shock, the Weed Whackers winning with the lowest score. <laughs> As is their forte. I don't, yeah, I don't know about fueling this feud, but <laughs> hey, look. It's what they do, they grind wins out. The one point is... That's not a dig at them. That's, that's coming that's into common. this game, the Weed Whackers were coming in without a defence in play. Oh yeah, controversy. And do we want to talk about this a little bit? Because I, I, I think we do. Because we, we should make it clear: we're not saying he broke any rules here because no, no. he didn't. And, it's just and, it's just brought to light a rule that I didn't think I really appreciated before. So yeah, a weird loophole, I'm going to say in in the rules. And here's what happened: the games started 
GM Preston had the Vikings defence that he brought in this week but forgot to add them to the lineup, so they were still on his bench. They started playing. I think they were on about eight points yep. into their game at the point that he dropped them, having already started playing, and picked up the Seahawks defence that was starting later, put them in the lineup. Yeah. As it was, Vikes ended up on nine, Seahawks ended up on three. He would have won the game either way. So no huge thing. No. You know, no harm, no foul. But it threw to light an interesting point, which I didn't realise, which is you could drop players on your bench, even if they've already started. We didn't think this was right, so you checked it with your source. Source at NFL.com has confirmed to me that you can drop a player on your bench regardless of the status of their game. You can only pick up a player for that game week if they haven't already played. Which makes sense. Now, we, we were trying to work out whether this is a loophole that you can take advantage of, whether and you I, can get a gain from it. And I think... We, we, where we're coming out... Well, where I'm coming out is it feels like it is. Yeah. But I don't think it is. No, I agree. It, it feels horrible. Yeah. But there's only one very weird scenario where you can get an advantage. And even then, it's not an advantage for that game week. No. So if you were torn between two players and one played in a later game, but you didn't want them for that week, you were looking yeah. at them for the week after, yeah. and you bought one in, and it turned out they weren't really involved in the game, you could yeah. drop them and bring the other one in. The but most, it's such an odd scenario to do that. It's it's not really a thing. The most you can really do is, if there's a player you want to bench, and you're thinking about dropping them, but you're not sure, just see how they're doing in their game week. Yeah, and if they're rubbish, you can drop them off them and pick off a free them. agent and beat the waiver queue for the week ahead. Yeah. Which is, in itself, feels dodgy. But beating the waiver queue for the week ahead at that point is only for people who are playing in the later games after yeah. everyone else has had their pick yeah. of the waiver carcass already. So the pool of players is very yeah. limited. As we say, it, it, it feels bad, but I don't think it is. But it's an oversight from the commissioner, maybe. That, maybe. I mean, it sounded like he didn't know what was going on. I know. I certainly didn't know what was going on because I had to point this out to him and he's still not sure. And a lot of other fantasy football league providers do not allow you to do this. Th th this would have been a bigger deal had it turned the game. And there is an argument to say that bench or starting lineup, once your picks are locked in, they should be locked in when the game starts. Yeah, I, 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 I think that should be the way it is. But I just say, we're not saying GM Preston's broken any rules here. We're saying that no. the, the rule is weird. And what is, to the Commission's credit this week, accurate application of the Fournette rule. There was called into question on Sunday whether or not he should apply the Fournette rule, and the ruling from the Commissioner was, I was not asked to do it, so I'm not doing it. Yeah. That is the accurate application. It, it, it is, and I'll be perfectly honest. I, I called for him to do it because I assumed it was just an oversight on GM Preston's part, so I called for the Fournette rule, but... No, Commissioner stood firm. Yep. He needs to be asked. Meanwhile, with this Weed Whackers team, as you say, they did eke out a win, but nice showing from it was the, still a good score. The Joe, Bengals boys, Burrow, Mixon, putting up the scores. Yeah. Joking aside, I, I, know, I know he's one with the lowest winning score, but it's still a good score. It really duff is. week from Eckler, who after some duff weeks early on as well, has put himself in number two RB spot over the season. Yeah, he's he's currently number two on the season. He's still about 50 points behind Derek Henry. Yeah. I'm going to say, I thought he's had some really stonking scores. He's, he's great. He's and he's got, great pickup. he's got Najee Harris. He's got your boy Zeke hot on his heels. But, yeah, obviously a very good pickup. Yeah, I, I think I still stand by. I thought Mixon was a great pickup. And again, against against the Lions this week, any running back against the Lions is a great, great shout. Yeah. Sutton, as you said, coming into his own, very little to write home about on the bench, but another bench full of IRs. And. Maybe unlike the Jiglets, are we really keeping Wilson, Kittle, Goddard and Judy at this point? 
I mean, I can see why he's probably keeping Judy. I can see why he's keeping Russell Wilson. I don't really think there's any need to keep both Goddard and Kittle. Not when you've got Jared Cook in your lineup now as well. No, I, th- I think three tight ends is probably overkill. But, but once again, that's the wee whackers. And that's what he does. He likes a tight end. But I, 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 let's be honest, so, fine, solid score, decent scores across the board. Yeah. Another just below solid score, I would say, is the hippogriffs here. I, I think they count themselves maybe unlucky to lose this week, but but what he should count himself is lucky to be in contention with a one two seven. I, I think he'll count himself unlucky. I'm sure he will, I knowing he will. GM start as I do. But questions to be asked of this hippogriffs team. There, there has to be. Let Let's be honest here. Any team that is starting single Terry, yeah, you've got to ask some questions of yourself. Yeah. Well, he'll hope Nick Chubb is coming back. At the moment, it yeah. doesn't look like he's coming back this week. And and I think a lot of people thought Devonta Smith was going to have a decent week for the Eagles against Tampa Bay. Yeah. And he was absolutely awful. So I, I don't blame him for that that selection. I think that was a good shout that just didn't pay out. He'll have Debo Samuel coming back off the bench next week, which will be a, a, a boom for the team. Yeah. And, and Nick Chubb, he might not be back this week. Yeah. He's going to be back the next two or three weeks. Damian Harris has, seems to have shaken off his injury and his yeah. fumble and had another good score. AJ Green continues to defy the odds. Look, have we, as we said before, this Hippogriff team, there's nothing ostensibly wrong with it, but it just feels a little bit average. It feels as though no matter what he does, he's always just one a one player off his bench score away from getting the win. Yep. Well, look, as it stands, his division is topped by the Jiglets of four and two. Quinn and Hippogriffs on two and four. Gobblers with the big win this week on one and five. Only the Gobblers can be on one and five and be one one contention of second place in their league. And Correct. And also, I, I, I worry about what this division is going to do to the playoffs because you've got three losing records and you've got an absolutely decimated Jigglets team at the top. Yeah, oh, it could be a mess. It could be a real mess. The it's a good mess, though. PP6 Central, on the other hand, Expat Panthers still flying high at five and one, but Lockinate is on their tail now at four and two. And suddenly that five and oh lead does not look anywhere near as impressive as it did. Commissions Chiefs on 3-3, three and three, Floating Heads on 2-4. and four. I'd say this division's wide open. It is, and they're all scoring well. Yep. So you've got X-Pac Panthers at the top, but they're actually the lowest scoring team yep. in the league. So you've yep. got three teams who are firing on all cylinders coming after him. Yep. It's exciting. PP6 West, basically, we work as topping at the minute on score, but a 4-2 and two record matched by the Butler's best. Horn Dogs on 3-3, three and three. Kings with the Swines 2-4. Again, yeah. wide open. We, we, the, the, the Swines are clawing back, and again, it's, it's, the, the, the Weed Whackers should be looking over the shoulder because they've got three teams there who are really putting up high scores. Yeah, yeah. Um, the 99 hurt the Horn Dogs because we were the highest scoring team last week, but we've been overtaken by both Butlers and the Swines now. Yeah, Swines, wildcard Swines. Wildcard Swines at the minute in the fourth spot, but this week has shown that everything will change towards the end of the season. This could all go anywhere. This next week coming up is the big one, because... We said this last week. And we were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to be every week. Yeah. But but this week coming up in particular, because of the way this week has brought a lot of teams closer together... Yeah. We can see some real shifts in positions and divisions. Very exciting week seven on a week where I think it's six teams on a bye as well. Yep. So right. a lot could change this week. Absolutely stay tuned to the Pontifex Six League. Absolutely stay tuned to the Pontifex Six podcast. Let us know what you thought about our hot takes. Ed, do you have anything else left to say before we sign off? Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. Hot takes. Worth. Worth. Worth.